0: Sports. Hello again and welcome to Verulum Sports Podcasting on the eve of the, well, it would be the penultimate round of Six Nations Action in an Ordinary Year. Goodness knows we're not living in ordinary times, are we? It is basically round four, though, and to build up towards it, we are fortunate, as always, to be joined by a friend of the show, the voice of the old Albanians the scholar of the game of rugby union, my friend and yours. It's Mr. Brian Quinn. Brian, how are you?
1: Good, thank you, Tony. Very good. Probably better than I deserve. How are you?
0: Oh, goodness gracious. I tell you what, I think you deserve every uh, inch that you earn, Brian. I know you're a hardworking fella. Anyway, good stuff. England need to work hard, don't they? And they're going to be challenged. But let's, of course, build up to that. First things first, Brian. It's. game out in italy and it's italy versus wales as we've mentioned far too long italy really are consistently languishing at the very bottom of the six nations table the last time they had a home win brian was against the mighty island back in i think 2013 so that's sometime 19 home fixtures Without a win for Italy, of course. Wales victorious against England last time out. Still dreaming of a Grand Slam. I can't see it turning into a nightmare on Rome on Saturday. Can you?
1: No, no, I can't see any change there. It's a shame in certain ways because Italy, I believe, have got better as this particular tournament has gone on. It's just that their their level is not at the level of the other five participants, and that means an entire change to their, their modus operandi, the way that they do things, uh, the way that they train, the people they select, where they play, uh, and their level of intensity. The, I don't think you can fault their skill level. It's like if you have a, a lower player gets to play with internationals, we've mentioned this before, their game goes rapidly up. Uh, however, there is just too much pressure on Italy to, to seem to do anything about the, the situation at the moment.
0: I totally hear you there. I mean, look, nobody would back a skoda against a a f1 car would they but no one would ever pit a skoda against an f1 car would they so once again brian i know you and i have almost analyzed this to death but it does beg the question doesn't it it's not like they haven't had time to adapt adjust and elevate a la argentina in the southern hemisphere patently that hasn't occurred why are we still putting Italy through this?
1: Well, fear, I think. <laughs> fear. Probably, probably fear and a bit of vested interest as well. its uh, I don't want to get cynical about it, but rugby, I think, has difficulty in changing anything in biting the bullet there was a huge change in, in when it came to professionalism and it took an awful long time for everybody to accept that literally Simil- kicking and
0: st- uh, screaming and i would make the case that literally the behemoth that was jonah lomo made it an imperative as opposed to well you know we really don't like this idea of professionalism nonsense but you're dead right to point out that uh, the history of game shows us, if nothing else, uh, they're not exactly lovers of change, are they, the power that is?
1: Well, it was the same thing 33 years ago, when the, 34 years ago, when the World Cup started. Uh, the rugby union were, were very loath to put a side, an England side into that. It was embraced more by the other three home nations, uh, and of course, by just about everybody else in the world. But the rugby union thought, no, we want to stay where we are because we know what we're doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Brian you're on form tonight I shouldn't laugh so very much but there we go anyhow um, so it, it, of course let's give Wales their due is uh, what a tournament when Pivak was under pressure we analyzed that at the start of the tournament and I love that about sport because that uh, gives us hope I think it's one of the sport's most wonderful properties is because it uh, shows writ large that What does people know? Get a win, get a bit of momentum, and all of a sudden, everybody's a winner. People's opinions change, don't they, ever so rapidly. But, as I mentioned, Wales dreaming of a Grand Slam. And in the history of the Six Nations, when they get a, a Triple Crown, which they achieved last week against England, of course, they do that, don't they? They go on to achieve the Grand Slam. I can't see them doing anything other than being on course for just that, having... Put some points up, I think, against Italy this weekend.
1: It'll be a dramatic end of the season for them. Uh, It's As we said last week, Wales have it to to throw away now. It's in their court. Um, Do they flatter to deceive or do they go on and uh, achieve what looked absolutely impossible at one stage towards the end? Could they make it five out of five? Yes, they certainly can. And I think they now believe it.
0: I totally agree, and uh, I can can just give them so much credit and inspired by Alan Wynne-Jones, but it is a total team performance. Certainly see them being four from four. Uh, Again, I don't want to wish to pour too much more scorn on Italy, but these are the harsh facts. Italy have um, conceded in this tournament 139 points, shipping 19 tries in three games. Brian, my maths is not my strongest suit. I haven't bothered to get my calculator out prior to this conversation. I'll just simply repeat those. So in three games, in this year's Six Nations, Italy have conceded a total of 139 points and 19 tries. I suspect those rather grim figures are going to be added to substantially by the Welsh on Saturday, as Welsh dreams of a Grand Slam, which would be their third in four years, remain intact. However, and it is a mere however, as I said about sports as a general principle, there's always that chance that something out of the blue occurs. There's always the scrapper's chance, but I'm I'm clutching, Brian. I'm clutching. Uh, But moving on, though, to an important fixture uh, where there is a lot at stake. Uh, England-France, another team unbeaten are the French. Le Bleu, uh, under the stewardship, as we praised, of Gaultier and Mr. Sean Edwards. Really have still allied with talent. Great-looking French side. Two wins from two, tackling England on the ropes. This is going to be a fascinating and compelling fixture. What's your early thoughts, Brian?
1: On the ropes. uh, Well, do they do an Ali Foreman on it? Because they've taken various body blows, certainly for the, the three rounds of the tournament so far. Do they come out fighting all of a sudden and surprise everybody? They've got the people to do it they've got the talent, they've got the experience, they've got the power, uh, and it's also a home game for England, which even though Twickenham will be empty, apart from some canned noise, uh, it, it still means a great deal to have it uh, at home rather than away. They, England are hurting. They are not happy with the performances that they've put in so far, and they will want to make sure that a, a huge crowd, at least clustered around the TV sets at home and in various Illegal gatherings, will will wow. not be upset by by what they see. So, they they have to do it. They have to perform tomorrow.
0: Brian, you're dead right. This is a a, a wounded uh, lion to put it into, into uh, football of the three uh, context there. But you use the word that England will be hurting. Of course, they will. They were, of course. Those of very short term remedies. Let's not forget were defending champions coming into this six nations but coming back with that word hurt brian they're hurting themselves aren't they 41 penalties conceded in the three games so far we've denigrated italy and that's the same as the italians you know
1: well. Yeah, I don't know if it happened to you on the field, Tony, but various things I can remember about it. When I came off, it had been a lousy performance, and a lousy performance by myself. And I, I remember sitting in the desk dressing room disconsolate thinking, how did that happen? And then thinking more appropriately, how did I let that happen? Uh, and that's, as you said, what England have exactly done. they brought most of the discontent on themselves. By, uh, and primarily by ill discipline, and sometimes crass in discipline. Mm-hmm. So you don't need a coach for that, surely to heavens, because you should yep. have learned that at school. You should know what happens when you break mm-hmm. the rules. These days, with everybody watching, you, you get penalized and you give away points. But if you do that more than once, and England has done it in all three matches so far, yep. then some, something is, is wrong, as we hinted at last week, in the ethos.
0: Yeah, I, uh, we've, we've analysed that very fact, but it is kind of painful to watch sometimes, at least so far this tournament. Let's see what lessons have been learned. No doubt some stern words will have been uttered, uh, and I would hope uh, amongst one another too, as they do the necessary soul-searching. Um, but let's say this... Uh, I'm just going to throw this little theory that I texted you out there, Brian, because um, we are massive Maro Etergi fans. You've had the pleasure of enjoying his company. He's world class. No questions about that. And that doesn't change. He has been one of the worst offenders in this tally of penalties. Now, we were touting him as a potential Lions skipper. I think he's got all the makings of a leader of men. I would have made him skipper because that I think could well be a way that he will never, and I would never wish him to curb his enthusiasm and his uh, unique array of gifts, but just to take a moment's pause. It's just idea, Brian, it's not happened, but what do you think about that as a, as a crazy little theory of mine?
1: Happily with Maro, there's no malice. There's nothing vicious, nothing wicked. He's never been, Accused of foul play, he also has the skill as a big man to get down low in a low tackle, and that's beyond reproach. It's timing, and it's a matter of instant, tiny little instant. Was he offside or was he not? Now, a referee cannot review everything with the TMO. Was he behind the back foot or not? A referee, there, there isn't the time of the day. It'd be dark outside before they were finished. So, they, a referee, has to also not hold up the game, uh, let it flow, and and they do that. The problem is when you give them... They
0: try, Brian. I'm not sure. There's a school (laughs) of thought that (laughs) says that uh, maybe, indeed, they're a little bit already uh, taking or allowing too much time to be... I can't think of another word other than wasted in certain prevarications here. But I understand where you're going with that point
1: um the, the, it's my personal view that some referees and i speak as a referee some yes. some referees not at this exalted level but some should not be in charge of a wheelbarrow let alone a game. <laughs> Uh that that's a matter that there are some who believe the game is for the whistle uh, it isn't because mm-hmm. 30 guys and 30 women are out there putting their lives mm-hmm. on the line that's what the game is for you're there Indeed. to help the very best uh praise that you can have as a referee after the match is 30 guys 30 girls getting together saying did we have a referee everything was just seemed to wander along quite beautifully but but no that's that once Maro itoji has given away a, or any player has given away a couple of penalties you're a marked person the referee can't help but notice that hey this guy's a recidivist he's a repeat offender i'm going to have to watch this one and that happens. Uh, I believe it's happened to Otoji, but you have to adjust your game accordingly. Now, he goes for the charge down regularly at, uh, at the mall and at yeah. the ruck, and so often he's successful at that, uh, and there have been pressure put on opponents because he can and does do that. Uh, I perhaps would rather, because his around-the-field fee- the skill and speed is astonishing, it's second yes. to nothing, let him use his undoubted energy in exactly that. Go for broken play. Be the best one. Carry the ball. He, um, I'd like to see him carry the ball more. Uh, and I'd like to see him avoid these potential confrontations, charging down a nine or a tens kick. That might help. I don't know. We'll have to put it into practice.
0: Yeah, no questions about it. And I don't have any doubt whatsoever that this young man will uh, work through this first phase of minor questions on his um, style, I think is the best way of framing it because there isn't a single pundit or coach or anybody that I've had any um, awareness of who would ever begin even to question his status as one of the best players, let alone one of the best players in his position on planet earth. But there we go. I, like I say, I just think um, that's, if he were given that captaincy role to have the ear hole of the referee, could be in his favour. Don't know, just a thought. Anyway, moving on. Um, I'm excited to see Max Mallins get a start. Obviously, he's doing the business at the moment for Bristol, but you know him. I've had the privilege of interviewing him. Very smart young man. I've been watching his career flourish uh, from afar with great awe I think this guy has superstardom in his very near future, and he gets a start. His first start for England at 15. I'm really thrilled for that. For me, moving fourth, he is a 10 slash center, but I think he's a 10 by birth. What do I know about backs, there, Mr. Quinn? Bottom line is this. Over the moon that Max Malin gets a start. Uh, Just give us your thoughts on that selection by the ordinarily, oftentimes criticised for being overly conservative, Mr. Eddie Jones.
1: Well, uh, never in doubt, was it? Uh, once you put enough old Albanians in the England side,
0: will <laughs> <enough. laughs> Seven, wasn't it? I recall once upon a time where there were seven OAs old boys uh, on the field. And my goodness to me, a reminder to us all, can't wait for the OAs to be back, fingers crossed, terribly soon. I'd speak eminently English all of a sudden for some reason. But uh, yes, what a great uh, resource are oh, Halfordshire's premier club, Mr.
1: Quinn. Thank you. It's, uh, it's great for Max, thoroughly deserved, very, very pleased for him. Uh, he has switched uh, over the years from 10 to 15. Uh, Ball carrying skills, wonderful. What, what he will do, which I think Daly has not been doing of late, is to inject pace, to inject acceleration. Mm-hmm. So often. He's deceptively
0: He's, uh, quick, isn't he, Max? Yeah, He's yeah, not he one is. of those kind of sprint merchants. He's never going to be an outright winger, a la May. for goodness sake. No. But you're dead right. It's that acceleration off the mark. And I think, Brian, again, what I know about backs, really, you should only put on a postage stamp. However, uh, using the platform that I'm bestowed, I also think it's not mere pace, but speed of thought which shows to me my reasons for branding Max a surefire superstar.
1: If, if you look at the way uh, a New Zealander uh, or an Australian or South African how they deal with broken play let's say that and in this kicking game it's particularly apposite. Uh, the ball is in the middle of the field on your own 22. The 15, or indeed whoever picks it up, but let's take the 15 as we're talking about fullbacks, backs will, will pick the ball up and immediately head for the opposition's posts. Immediately. Now, if you do that, then the rest of the team, the rest of your team, knows exactly what you're going to do and can act accordingly. And if it's the...
0: physics as well, isn't it? I mean, the shortest way from A to Z is in a straight line, isn't it, for goodness sake?
1: Yeah. now doing that as quickly as possible means that the defense is concentrated. So if it takes three or four players to bring you down, there's going to be a hole somewhere else. Uh-huh. You then recycle and head for the hole. It's not rocket science if I can do it, an unfrocked hooker. So um, I believe that Malin's will inject that into the game. Mm-hmm. And so long as the back row and the back row are good enough to support mm-hmm. him, and he's got some tasty articles out there in the back as well, then, then let's keep on doing this. Uh, I, I would love to see less kicking in the game. That won't happen tomorrow because mm-hmm. the modus operandi they will not have changed that length of time. But Malins certainly has the, the clout to make things happen from the back. And he's also no mean defender either. So let's remember that.
0: Yes, absolutely. You do not reach this high stratosphere of rugby unless you can bring a man down. Malins, I'm telling you, I've been saying it on Radio Verulam for many a moon is going all the way to the stellar heights of our game. Watch it. If you've never heard him, if you've never seen him, you're in for a treat at the weekend. However, I fear, though, there will be a whole heap of kicking, which, as you said, is the MO of this England side at this time. You kick loose to the Le Bleu, you're in trouble. This is a Blue, Le Bleu team. The French, of course, unbeaten two wins from two, bidding for a Grand Slam a la the Welsh. They're surely starting as favourites in this one, would you say?
1: Mm. Yes. Yes, I, I would say so. It's um, nothing more to say about that. The, the The French are enjoying themselves at the moment. They're, they're having fun. Uh, however, they haven't played in a month. That, Very true. That may be a, a sticking point somewhere. I, I don't know. And I'm not offering it as uh, any sort of excuse. Um, they have... Uh, contrary to popular belief they have huge strength in depth right now
0: yeah
1: their third team showed last november um so let's let's see what their first are doing they uh, they have a, a full squad uh the covid shock seems to be over for them and that's great um i'm looking forward to seeing them play uh, england do have it all to do England's pain may well help them to a victory. They do have home advantage. Uh, And if I'm gonna stick my neck out, I would say England by a narrow margin.
0: Brian, I tell you what, I respect that massively. And of course, you have been absolutely on fire with your uh, punditry form throughout this podcasting season of Six Nations pontification. So I'm not going to quibble with you. However, I'm going to play it safe and see the blue uh, inspired by the dream of a grand slam to have the capacity to overcome England late but England to play with fury and uh, maybe demonstrate some of that will I think France overall will have too much skill and will win the game but I think it should be a good one moving then though to the Sunday clash and two Celtic storms collide in a maelstrom on Sunday up at Morfield. Scotland versus Ireland. Ireland, of course, uh, smashed the long-suffering Italians last time out. And Scotland went down narrowly uh, to the Welsh. As you say, Brian, French, no action from them. Same applies, really, to the Scots. So, does that give the edge to <laughs> Ireland, who showed good things against those Italians?
1: Well, Ireland's last performance was a lot tighter than the one before. Um, you could say that they were un- unlucky against Wales, but that was to a large extent the ludicrous offence uh, committed by a back row forward. Um, however, uh, Wales have proved in the meantime that they have taken the Triple Crown, and you don't do that by accident. Uh, what will happen now? I, Scotland, as you say, have not played in a month. That is not going to help them. Uh, Ireland have not had that problem. Uh, I would take Ireland uh, to do it this time out because they will feel that they owe it to themselves and to their supporters. Uh, it, it will be, again, a very close. It's a, a fascinating weekend, actually, certainly for two of those fixtures. and uh,
0: it really is. I like the thought processes there, Brian. And I can't fault you at all. I think just to be the contrarian in this context, I'm backing Scotland because I just like the general drift that we're seeing at the moment with Scotland. I think they have in Hog and Finn two bona fide world-class talents. I think they will be hurting. Uh, smarting from that defeat narrow albeit uh, against the Welsh and I think Gregor's men are a team to watch. Um I lied home field advantage whatever effect that may or may not have in twenty twenty one. I'm making the Scots narrow favourites.
1: Okay. Can't argue with it. Um we we will see what occurs. I do take Ireland to win by a a short head, but it will be a very short head. Uh, and again, a fascinating match to watch.
0: Mr. Quinn, a man who knows a thing or two about taking the ball against the head. I rather hope one of these fine days that that will be a contest that rugby allows to creep back into its great nature. But I am the eternal optimist who lives in hope... God be the days. <laughs> indeed. Oh, goodness me, they were <laughs> indeed the days. But, uh, Brian, uh, oh, so many listeners won't even know what on earth we're talking about right now, but there we go. Uh, what I will say is this much. I know that it's a pleasure to enjoy your uh, company. Truly, there are not many men that I'm lucky to know who appreciate the game of rugby and... Can uh, dissect it to the level that you can. We're lucky to enjoy your company, Brian. I shall look forward to speaking with you next week to see how our predictions come to pass, because time always tells, and then build up to what would ordinarily be Super Saturday, but it's not even the final one, is it? I think the final fixture will be the rearranged Scotland-France uh, game, March the 26th. But in 2021, who knows? Indeed. Have a
1: great weekend, Tony. I'll talk to you next week.
0: All the very best, Brian. Take good care. Thank you, as always.